It's the Perpetual Good Podcast with your host, Kenneth Hopkins. Join us as we discover the good things that are happening all around us and what we can do to bring even more good to our communities. Life is like a box of assorted chocolates. But what swirls in my head? Donuts from boxes. Both go with the concept. Never know what you'll get. Welcome to the Perpetual Good Podcast. My name is Kenneth, and we're going to jump right into the content. Today, my guest is Anthony Ware. He's the founder of Aware Catalyst and Founder Mental Wealth. He's going to talk to us about the work he's doing with founders, specifically underestimated founders, to help them to develop good mental health habits. And he introduces us to a very interesting concept he calls mental wealth. Now, during this time when the holidays bring on their own kind of stresses and challenges, having tools to help maintain good mental health is just what we need. You can find Anthony at FounderMentalWealth.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Now, let's get into my conversation with Anthony Ware. All right, let's get started. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Ah, You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I, I was excited. I know uh, in these COVID times... Schedules get kind of uh, wacky. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I was I was stoked when I first learned that you were going to do the podcast in general, and then like uh, seeing it come to come to life, I'm like, okay, okay, just respond to the email of your email. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, this has been this has been quite an adventure, and um, and I knew that when we first talked, and we'll we'll get into just uh, our meeting uh, at some point in our conversation, but I knew at that point when I started thinking about doing the podcast, I'm like, yeah, I think I need to get him on. You know, he's he's somebody that that uh, has a lot of good stuff to not just good stuff to say. There's some people that have good stuff to say, but they're not necessarily doing anything. But when you combine the the fact that people have uh, input um, orally, verbally, uh, with with their words, but also with their actions, that uh, that really says a lot. That you know that really speaks to me. So um, I appreciate hearing from you in all of the different ways that that I do, whether it's over coffee, whether it's over Twitter, just whatever. So right on, right on. So uh, let me just start off, um, uh, Anthony Ware, you're the founder and principal of, uh, do you call it Aware or Aware Catalyst? Uh, aware. Aware. Aware Catalyst. Okay. I just want to make sure. And and founder, mental, uh, founder of Mental Wealth. And uh, that concept is really uh, interesting to me. So I definitely want to dig into that. Um, but let's just, let's just start off with what's going on good with you. I'd say today, uh, actually the last couple of days, um, I, I am, what's good is I have clarity in like the, what I want to focus on with my business. Um, and which is a result of, you know, having clarity in my life. Um, but really practically, I'm just truly grateful to have the means to the other it was yesterday to yesterday make uh, like my second batch batch ever of 
avocado chocolate mousse. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, that's what's good with me. <laughs> And for for those who are listening, uh, that may sound like the absolute weirdest thing. And if I had never tried it before, I would probably look at you with my head turned sideways, and I'd be like, "What are you talking about, man?" Um, but I saw this I saw this recipe long time ago, and this was during the time that I was just experimenting with different things. And I'm like, "This makes no sense." I have to try it. <laughs> that was my <laughs> that was my mindset, and it's it is so good. Yeah, absolutely so good. Yeah, people. I mean, people like avocados are the especially if you have like dairy issues or everything. Mm-hmm. Avocados are are the are the win. Um, yeah, and you, how can you go wrong with chocolate anything? Well, unless you have an allergy. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's yeah yeah so yeah so that was. I have I have enough for the next couple of days, which I will be happily consuming. Nice, nice. See now, now you got me going again. Um, I've, I've been in the kitchen a little bit more recently. Just made a, a really big batch of chili, um, and uh, I like it uh, pretty spicy. That's just how I've done it. Uh, it was a little bit too spicy for Holly, so the next time I'm going to do it, it's going to be a little bit toned down. But that's okay. <laughs> Well, you can always like take your bowl and and spice up your bowl while yeah, the batch true. stays mild. <laughs> so we met um, about last year this time, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, I want to say probably about four days from now, a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you you had been kind of back and forth to Portland, but. Uh, right now, right now, Portland is your home. So, how did you how did you end up relocating here, and and why? Very good question. So, I um, I guess for the last since 2015, I have been living in various parts of the country or of the U.S. and from Nashville, Tennessee, to Indianapolis, Indiana, which is my hometown. Um, I had a short stay in Miami, um, then as well as San Diego, Los Angeles, and the Bay. So when I say the Bay, I actually mean San Francisco and Oakland. Um, I lived in both places, and and for me, like one, like I have always, I've been on Twitter on and off, and more so on in the last five years, but on Twitter since about 2009, 2010. And I, two and a half years ago, or about two and a half years ago now, I met uh, Nate Frazier on Twitter um, in Frazier. And he was just a delight. Like he was just like, how can I help? How can I help? Like that was part of his first direct message or DM to me. Mm-hmm. And and I started to learn about what was happening here in Portland. and. And with people like Stephen Green and with Pi and just some really, really dope entrepreneurs. And so when I was thinking about uh, in October of last year, um, launching these mental wealth salons for entrepreneurs, I was like, well, what city am I not living in? Do I actually have like the greatest like connection of folks or, or kind of like that, that, uh, momentum 
um, with interactions. And so I, on Twitter, I just posted in October, I said, uh, hey, I want to, I'm thinking about hosting a mental wealth salon in Portland. Portland, what do you think? And where should I host it? Just, just not, I mean, just if I got response, great. If I didn't, great. That was my mindset. And so I got some really good feedback, um, including Erica Escalante um, at the Arrow. Uh, she was like, hey, you can use my space. We're totally, you know, we're totally closed then. And, uh, and then I got a DM from Chris Cantino. Um, he, uh, Jamie Schmidt uh, of Schmidt's uh, Naturals and Chris uh, Cantino, um, you know, they're husband and wife, but they're also business partners. They, uh, he's like, hey, we need a moderator for this Grow Your Own Way panel um, or uh, Grow Your Own Way event that we're having, you know, for entrepreneurs and, and makers. And uh, would you be interested? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> So my actual first time in Portland ever was November 15th. I flew the evening of November 15th. I flew in last year. Mm -hmm. uh, November 16th was the program. Um, Nate uh, had said, hey, I know you're staying at Airbnb, but if you want to stay stay for, I think it was like Thanksgiving or whatever, um, you, you're more than welcome to stay uh, yep. at my home. So he opened up his home and I got, and that's where he also was like, had this coffee and donuts, um, which is where we, we met Kenneth. And, right, and, right. and then he introduced me to the folks at Pi. And so I, I got into, I think, the right group and, and partially by meeting the right people, but also uh, by living in the other cities. And I've seen, I, I like just living in other areas, you see kind of the repeat of like similarities in cities. Like they're more of the same than they th they think they are. Right, um, right. So I look for the pieces that I like. <laughs> and so uh, I left, uh, I think the first week in December because uh, for a um, speaking uh, gig out in uh, New York, uh, it was a men's black men in tech conference where I spoke on a mental wealth panel and, and uh, or mental health panel and um, was looking after that event. I'm like, I, I, need to find in my mind I was going through this kind of transition and I was like okay I need to find a place where I could like be stable um, and Nate had already been recruiting me to stay and in, in Portland live in Portland um, so things came together on December 22nd um, where I flew to, from New York to Portland and so I lived uh, actually Erica who I mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. um, opened up instead of her business this time she opened up her home because she had a spare room. I lived in, uh, her spare room, um, and was actually a nanny, Manny, um, to like for, for my stay and, and, uh, to make a little extra money this is, you know, entrepreneurs, sometimes we have those low moments, right. um, low moments in, in business, uh, right. you know, cash flow. Right. Um, and it worked, everything perfectly worked out. COVID hit. Um, so I was actually living in Vancouver, uh, Washington, and then working in Portland. Um, and then in April, I finally moved across the, I guess it's the river up there. And so yeah. I've been in Portland. Yeah. So it's it's been kind of just a whirlwind, intentionally done, though. I didn't make any decisions out of fear. It was more decisions out of this is the right next step. That that sounds great. And, and just the 
the the people that you mentioned, all of the people that you mentioned, uh, some of them I've actually met personally. Some of them I've just interacted with on Twitter, but I've, I've seen that same just genuine openness and willingness to build other people up. And that's one of the things that I've loved about the, the community that I've uh, become a part of. Um, and a lot of it, I, I'll, I'll kind of watch on the side, but uh, if there's events that are happening, I try to make myself available to those just so that I can see and learn and, and just become a part of it because it's, it's one thing that I've seen in other business communities where it's exactly opposite. It's if somebody is, is somewhere in your space, they're going to try to take your position. They're going to try to put you out. And so you have to, you have to almost be enemies and antagonistic towards each other. But I'm seeing a groundswell of businesses helping businesses around here. And so I think that that's great. Yeah. And I, and I totally, I totally agree with you on that whole uh, crabs in a barrel, if you will, um, kind of mindset and, and don't get, don't get it wrong. Like I, because I, I just, my like experience lived experience. Um, I, I know that stuff goes on here in Portland too. I mean, it's just, I mean, oh, when, yeah. you look at, when you look at like some things that go on, I'm not, I'm not, trying to paint the prettiest picture. Um, but, I, but with the good that goes on, there is the equal old school business competition. Only one winner, you know, one, only one will leave the Thunderdome kind of thing. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think it, uh, it helps when you, when you find a group of people who are not, uh, adhering to that old school, uh, uh, there's, I don't even want to call it competitive because you can be um, uh, some of some of my best friends when I was growing up. Uh, I used to run track. My best friends, the guys that I hung out with, were the guys that I competed the hardest with, and it we used that to build each other up. But it was never, uh, you know, I hate you. I'm going to take you out type of thing. It was, you know, we're in this together. So let's, you know, let's let's bring the best out of each other. Oh, I totally, I, oh, I agree with you 100%. And I didn't run track. I did the field part of track and field. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the same, we were the same way. Like we, I threw discus and like one, we, we usually had like second call, you know, for we, by the time we got off the bus, we had to get on to our event. Um, and so the camaraderie amongst like, I just say like 10 of us from different schools, we yep. were all yes. We wanted to win, um, but like the trading of like ha uh, uh, not secrets, but like how can we get better? Because we know if somebody one of us got better, then the rest of us would get better as well, and just continue Absolutely. to elevate. You know. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me. I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, I want to find out a little bit about um, you scrubbing toilets for your dad and um, how you got started on this path for mental health and mental wealth cool <laughs> I, I never heard the question asked that way that's gonna come up. <laughs> yeah i got yeah i did do that yeah um yeah so growing up um the beginning of my life i lived most of my time with my mother um and i say like for the first seven seven years of my life it was 
uh, some combination of my living with my mom, living with my mom and her family, um, living with my mom and dad when they were married. Um, it, but 1982, uh, December, actually December 82, um, was when kind of the biggest transition happened. And that was my dad getting a two bedroom apartment on the West side of Indianapolis. Um, and it was myself, my, and my two younger brothers and growing up, dad worked for the post office. Um, but he also had uh, a side gig and he's a veteran. Um, and so I think that gave him access to the contracts to clean airports or not, not airports, but many airports have these small office buildings kind of in close proximity, um, as well as the airport tower. So growing up, how we, how dad said, how we quote unquote earned a roof over our head, um, and food on the table was to help him with these contracts. And so after school, we'd go and, and clean, uh, each of us would have like an assignment. Um, somebody would vacuum, somebody would dust, somebody would take out the trash. Um, and we clean the, the few buildings. And then the cool part, like the reward in many ways for a kid was we got to, when the tower was like, it was late at night or late, late at night or in the evening, um, the, the, the people that worked the tower like allowed us to go uh, and watch things go on, like up in the tower, as long as we were quiet and like stayed close to, cause there was a trash can up there. So there was a purpose for us to go up. But as long as we were like cool and like obeyed the rules, we got to hang up there a little bit longer. And so my, much of my eight years old to say 16 years old was helping dad with those contracts. And at the same time, my dad would talk about and hammer on us um, all the things that they had that he had to, unfortunately had to do um, as a black father, teaching us about you know the two strikes against us. One were a black kid, or, or one were male and a black male at that, um, and, and teaching us those lessons in the world. Um, and he said, "So you got to get your education." And you got to get, you know, you got to go to school. They can take the paper. They can't take the knowledge that you gain from during your time on getting the paper, um, paper being diploma. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I had this, 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 I guess this parallel teachings of get good grades, climb a corporate ladder, get a job with benefits while he has this side hustle business that if he had the knowledge that I would, I have, I have been privileged to, to have about how federal contracting works and how veterans have like no big contracts. So he, he was just, he was a hard worker um, who just did, did the work. Um, I'd be doing some form of that business or some iteration or spinoff or some business that is in existence because of the, the, the revenue and profits from that business he had back then. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, fast forward, I did the corporate, corporate life for a while. It definitely wasn't for me. Um, and then my last corporate gig was working in commercial real estate and in working in commercial real estate, one of my clients, uh, phenomenal woman, uh, East coast, I was living in the Midwest. She brought her East coast, let's get stuff done attitude. Um, and one day over breakfast, she was telling me, she's like, Hey, Anthony, and this is 2008. She's like, um, 
hey, Anthony, there's this, uh, the stuff you like to do with commercial real estate um, about like the business and how things work and connecting people and finding solutions and outside of the brick and mortar. She's like, that's called management consulting. I had no clue. I like at the time I had no clue about what management consulting is. And, and right. she's like, you get paid to like share some ideas and maybe some action steps and you get paid a lot more than you probably would doing commercial real estate. I was like, Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so thanks to her help and some kind of like, you know, she gave me some things to do. Um, my first company I started in 2008. Um, and then that led to starting a company with some co-founders, Lots of lessons there with having multiple co-founders in a company. Um, <laughs> uh, lessons good and lessons bad. Right, right. Uh, um, and that 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 company ended like horribly, um, like a very toxic relationship, uh, romantic relationship would end. Um, and then I started a tech company back in this is back in 2009, late 2009, most part of 2010. I had a tech company. Um, and it was going well until we ran out of money. Um, I got accepted, like going well, when I say going well, had a strategic partnership with Purdue university, um, had been accepted to, um, a business, uh, like an accelerator down in new Orleans, um, had some clients, but not, not enough to like feed the runway. Um, and I ended up running out of money, um, had a mentor ghost me and, uh, had to live in my car for a week in New Orleans. Wow. Um, grateful that it was New Orleans and I had a safe space to be, I mean, safe mm -hmm. enough. Um, but coming back to my, my comment earlier about Twitter, I had been interacting with the creator and founder of a company called Feel Goods. Um, which was an all natural kind of rubber flip-flop company or, you know, you, you know, those kind of flip-flop sandals that you can get for summertime. Right. Um, and so we were going to just meet for coffee. Like I went with him to meet for coffee to finally meet in person during this week. And he was telling me, and he's like, Hey, I just bought out my co-founder um, and I need some help. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, I can help. Uh, but I got to go back to Indiana. Can I do? Can we do this like you know phone and you know that kind of stuff? This is again. This is 2010. <laughs> so, so I'm back in 2010. So I'm back in Indiana. And one of the things I the things I I thought to myself is, look, this is the second company that went down, went bad. Um, I need something that I can do anywhere in the world in case things fall apart again. Because they always do. Like things do, everything falls apart so you can remake it anew. That's kind of like how I think of things. Mm -hmm. and, and so um, I took yoga teacher training. Um, it was an eight week, 200 hour um, certification that I took. Um, mm -hmm. And at the same time, I had a mentor that I had from commercial real estate kind of get back in contact and we were connecting and he, um, he gave me for the next basically two years kind of executive coaching around this whole concept of company culture, happy employees. Um, he, you know, he wrote the book tribal, he co-wrote the book tribal leadership um, and had like talked to um, not talk to help kind of consult Zappos. So in 2010, all these company culture and happy employees, that wasn't like the norm at all. Right. 
Um, so he's like, this is where it's going, Anthony. I'm like, okay, John, whatever you – like, he, his track record. He had an impeccable track record, so I had to believe him. Um, and, and so really for the next – so we're in 2010. For the past 10 years, my life and business have been an iteration on um, this whole concept of you know, happy employees, company culture. So consulting on that, but also working – on my own kind of happiness and like, what do I want for my life and my business um, and the impact I want to make on the world. Um, and along the way, dealing with things like um, coming to the full, fully being comfortable with um, my brother, my youngest brother dying by suicide in 2003, mm-hmm. um, you know, body image issues, um, depression, anxiety, the, the, the waves of those coming, coming and going, um, imposter syndrome at, at one point in time, um, all those kinds of things um, in the midst of trying to find my successes in business. And, and the more I worked with entrepreneurs and founders and makers, um, and my definition of founder, like you start something, people pay you for a product service or training or something. Mm-hmm. To me, you're you're a founder. Um, right. You can get technical when it comes to other kind of ecosystems that that term plays in. Um, and so I started to like look at critically look at like the business advice that was being given out. And one of the things that came up was this study um, in 2015 by um, you know I think it's Dr. Freeman and Professor Freeman, one um, someone at West Coast University. And they were talking about how like um, entrepreneurs are like 2x more likely to, to suffer from depression, like 6x more likely to su- suffer from ADHD, 10x more likely for bipolar, 2x for suicidal thoughts, like versus a general population. Right. And and but when I looked at it, like it was this this study was quoted in like Fast Company, Business Insider. All these like in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. But when you look at the study, the study was actually so it's self-reporting, but like most are, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but like 70 percent of the people who reported as an entrepreneur were male, and then 72, almost 73 percent were self-reported as Caucasian. So I'm like, okay, this study is like kind of relevant, but not really relevant to anybody that looks like me right. <laughs> so, as, a, as a black man and entrepreneur. Um, so I got to thinking, I'm like, so I don't want to, I don't have the, the life experience. I'm not at the moment to write a book. This is 2009 or not. This is so last year, 2019. I'm like, I'm not in a position to write a book because I just don't have one in me. Um, at that moment, I'm like, I need something that nobody's done and nobody's doing that is mine and I could be known for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I came up with the, the idea to not only have trainings around mental health, but then this whole concept of mental wealth, um, because we're so harp so much on, on financial wealth and generational wealth typically talks about money, but we don't talk about mental health. It's the whisper, right. like mental right. health is the whisper thing. And so when I started to look at this and feel things back, I'm like, Hey, Mental health. Everybody has mental health from the time you're born to the time you die. Like everybody has mental health. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's like, we need to change the context of, and how we talk about it. Like mental, mental illness is something that can have a negative impact on your mental health. So mm -hmm. what is it that can have a positive impact on your mental health? Well, it's a mental wealth deposit, just like we do at a bank. We, like, we talk about compounding interest on money and stocks and all this stuff. Well, mm -hmm. what's the compounding interest on daily gratitude journal? Or what's the compounding interest on, on drinking a gallon of water a day? Or what's the compounding interest on making sure you have quality time with the people that are close to you, your right. friends or family? Um, and so that's how this whole concept of mental wealth um, in my mind came to be because I didn't create the terminology. I'm just using it in the context of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm like, okay, I know, I know enough people now between Twitter and in person, I could like reach out and we can get a, a study done. And so, yeah. So last year I used Twitter, LinkedIn, text messages, emails, um, to reach out to over 500 folks um, of uh, just a variety of people um, in the U.S. and the U.K. Um, and had 179 respondents um, mm -hmm. or people respond and like 153 from, were from the U.S., 26 were from the U.K. And the U.K. specifically because I just I, I happened to just meet entrepreneurs from the U.K. at one point in time <laughs> along the way. Like <laughs> So if you're, do, if you're doing something uh, like many, many lesson in there is if you're trying to do something new, start mm -hmm. with your network. Your network may help you be able to get the traction you need. Um, right. So so I did the study and specifically um, and the, 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 the optimist in me, um, as well as just kind of the purpose of the study, looking at mental wealth. But I wanted to look at what are we doing right? We're always talking about what we're doing wrong, all the negative things, all the bad things, lack of funding, mental health issues. And um, and so I the, the the outside of the demographic questions and you're know, like where you live, you know, how do you identify, you know, how many people are in your business? Those kind of questions. Um, the sole question is, what do you do? What type of self-care practices do you have? If any. And people can also write in things. And so the result from that was that like the top five were like <clears throat> connecting with close friends or time with close friends, watching Amazon or Amazon, Netflix, whatever, mm -hmm. Amazon, Prime, watching streaming movies, um, reading books, working out and travel. Um, therapy was like number, I don't know, like number nine or 10 on the list. Mm -hmm. Um and the reason why I wanted to ask entrepreneurs only is because now, like as a result of having this report, the data shows like what your peers are doing. So if somebody self-care is thrown around like, like, oh, you should know what it is. I'm like, well, no, no, no. Let's just say I need to do something to help out my mental health uh, and mental wealth and my physical being outside of business. Like, here's what our peers are doing. Mm -hmm. That was like the kind of the real story behind it. It's like, it's not me telling you this. I could tell you my own life, but this is like our peers. Um, and, and so that's how I like now. And because of all these kind of like reaching out and positioning and, and talking and sharing and, and giving tidbits and practices where I can. Um, now I like this year uh, because of COVID, like, my business has done better this year than it did last year. Okay. 
because of people like, okay, now we got to focus on these things. Um, but mental wealth in general was like, it, that's how it actually came to be. I, to, to, and to answer your questions, like all of that, all of that, my life experience, like led up to focusing on what I focus on now. You've just listened to part one of my conversation with Anthony Ware, founder of Aware Catalyst and founder Mental Wealth. Next week, we'll get into part two. Now, my challenge for you this season is while you're looking out for the needs and desires of of the people around you, whether it's in gifts for loved ones or volunteer work for the community or even socially responsible celebrations, make sure that you're doing good for yourself too. It's, it's really important, and it's okay to take care of yourself. That's one of the things that we're getting out of this conversation. So thank you again for joining. I look forward to being with you next time on the Perpetual Good Podcast. You have been listening to the Perpetual Good Podcast with your host, Kenneth Hopkins. Special thanks to Bled John for the theme music. Tune in next time for more stories of the good happening in our community. Have a great day and remember, don't let evil overwhelm you, but overcome evil with good.